We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, before we end the show here, I have to make good on the, the first of my three uh, poems for Louise. Awesome. Oh, yeah. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Katie Basso. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of rotowire.com. I am joined uh, to talk about Major League Soccer tonight with J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath, our resident experts on the league. Guys, we talked about this off the pod uh, earlier this week, and we had to lead off because uh, the two of you have very different opinions about Fabian Espindola's move to Vancouver. Uh, Skylar, I don't want to say you've been a Espindola apologist for this entire year, but you, you believe he is good and that this is a good move. Can you explain to us why you think that? Yeah, so, I mean, let me start out by saying he's obviously have had a down season this year. Like, he's not playing at the level um, that I was hoping he would. Um, last season, he was one of my favorite players to 
pencil into my DraftKings lineups, and even earlier this season, he had one of those games that was kind of a reminder of why I did like to to roster him so much. I think he hit like 48 or 50 points, something crazy like that. Um, so, you know, from a fantasy perspective, then yeah, he's always been a guy that I look for and look for matchups to exploit just based on his skill set. Um, just from a, you know, for the purpose of how this helps Vancouver hurts DC. I mean, I think, I don't think he's going to be a savior in Vancouver, so to speak, but I just like the way that, um, their attack looks now. It just seems like they, um, have a, a potent goal scoring threat, um, I don't think it's somebody that they're bringing in, counting on to, you know, help them win MLS Cup. But I think he'll keep them competitive, and I think he's almost a little bit of a, a replacement for Kakuta Mane, who's just recently had season or not season-ending surgery. But I think he's going to be out until it's going to be a uh, while. <laughs> yeah, it's going it, to. It might be playoffs before he returns. So um, Mane has been one of their top scores this season I don't I think Pedro Morales still leads the team but he's been up there and they're not similar players but they've got similar traits and I could see Espinola kind of being deployed in a similar role as Mane I'm not really sure how how it's going to look but I could see that and then I could see him um, being positioned as a true number nine which I know JD disagrees with that he's he's not a true number nine I'm not saying that he is, but I think he can probably operate in that role and still score goals for him. So that's kind of, kind of where I'm seeing. I just I like the way that that their attack looks with Morales, Bolaños, uh, Tachera when he's in, and then now uh, Espindola gives them that kind of goal scoring threat that I think they've been lacking this season. The uh, the Espindola game you were referencing, uh, he had two goals, six shots, every single one of them was on target, and eight crosses back when I think crosses were still one point one full point and he had four fouls drawn do you know who that game was against vancouver vancouver that's oh, yeah. right Here we go. that was his like literally his one good game this season <laughs> i think i'm actually looking it's maybe seven shots on goal I'm, um i'm not Jay, even you, kidding you... that that was his one good game this season <laughs> no you're right i mean that's i mean i think <laughs> since in like i think the DraftKings score has nine games since then and i don't think those nine games total that one game's output. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with just his uh, how fragile he is right now. He's late in his career, and he's not getting uh, not getting a lot of run due to being whatever hamstring injury, calf injury, whatever. And yeah, and I that's, mean, that's not just that's not just this season. It's last season too. I mean, Espindola had a great first year. He had one great first year in DC, and the two since then have been. I think extremely disappointing, and a lot of the reason he puts up big fantasy numbers is because he's like the only thing DC United had. I mean, yeah, when you're taking every corner, then of course you're going to get a nice DraftKings score. But <laughs> And the other thing is he used to be like, in terms of expected goals, expected assists combined, he like used to be top in the league. Even last season he was pretty high. But I think this year, like over guys that have played over like – maybe 270 minutes I filtered it. He's like 18th, which is, it's good enough. But once again, that's when he's taking all these corners. I think that's where his only assist came from this year. Um, and he's kind of the main threat, and he's just, he's not that athletic anymore. So my problem with Vancouver is they can't play him on the wing over Bolaños or Takera. I think that would be extremely dumb. Um, <laughs> and then if he's up the middle... 
it's not going to be as a true forward, I don't think. And then if you also have Pedro Morales in the middle of there, that's like not a very athletic center of the field, and I feel like they could get eaten alive. So it's just a really strange spot, and I think my, my biggest gripe against it is that they had an open designated player spot, and they have a whole world full of players. Their team is missing one piece. Their team is missing like a great goal-scoring forward, and I just don't see a Spindola really elevating them all that much. He might help a little bit, but I don't think he's going to take them to like the complete next level. Um, Vancouver was like in the running for Kai Kamara. I was just about to say that. Yeah. That would have been like a dream come true for the Whitecaps. This feels like a just like a stopgap. It feels like they realized they weren't going to get any of their other targets this transfer window, so they just settled for a Spindola. Which I just don't think is that good. He has, I think he has like a one point. Let me check it out for so I make sure I get it right. He has one point three six shots on target per ninety, which I think is good for like uh, in about thirtieth in the league right now. <laughs> yeah. This season. Yes, and his crossing numbers is only about four and a half per ninety, and I guarantee you that almost all of that's from corners. And I also just went back and looked at some of his heat maps this season, his passing heat maps, and uh, or I guess just charts. They're not necessarily heat maps, but it shows everything he's attempted, all the chances he's created. It's not that good. There's a lot of, there's like a big wide area inside the 18 where he just hasn't been very good. And yeah, that's partially because of the targets they have in there. But I mean, it's also on a spindle to create some chances and get him to the guy. Like, the passing chart doesn't say if you're getting it to someone that's good or bad. It says what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Espinola has been really disappointing for at least this entire season, minus one game. But that's kind of what we try to um, caution people against, is, like, just falling in love with someone because of one game or two games. I mean, if you're playing him every week, you lost a lot of money this season. Thankfully, he's been injured most of the season, <laughs> or at least half. Thankfully. So. Yeah, that's, that's true, but just another reason that, I I mean, D.C. United's really lucky they unloaded him, and they got Patrick Mullins, who is one of those guys who's creating more shots and more uh, expected goals and assists this season per 90. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Mullins, I think, was a great pickup for them, and I'm, I'm impressed they got Lloyd Sam, Patrick Mullins, and I suddenly feel a lot different about their attack. Vancouver, yeah. on the other hand, I don't feel much different at all. Yeah, I agree on D.C. They definitely boosted their attack. I like the Sam pickup, and Mullins is a huge pickup at his age um, going forward for him. So that was a strong pickup. I just We'll see how things play out in Vancouver. I'm, I'm interested to see how Spinola fits in. I just, you know, having seen his strike rate in the past, Again, it hasn't been as good this season, but I'm I'm hoping that he gets back to that. Just, I mean, from a selfish perspective, so that I can start playing him in fantasy again, because <laughs> he is one of those guys that can, once he's on his game, can just really light it up. So um, we'll see how he fits in, but it's it, it's definitely an interesting move because you do think with Vancouver's crossers, like they'd be looking for a huge target guy like Kamara, um, and a spindle is not that. So we'll see how he fits in. Yeah, most of Espindola's goals lately have just been coming from getting a rebound, being in the right spot, whatever. 
So if they, I mean, Vancouver still doesn't have that guy that can they can throw the ball into, and they have three guys that can do a lot of what a Spindola does in the Takara, Bolaños, and Pedro Morales. I mean, all of those guys can pass really well, play good free kicks, and uh, most of the, I mean, for the most part, they have a pretty good shot. A Spindola might have the best shot out of any of them, but he needs to get himself into open spaces, and that's not something he's been doing in D.C. lately. Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has a chance. And, I mean, I think I said in our conversation, like, he'll score a goal every three games, like, maybe. And I said, meh. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't excite me. That's not what Vancouver needs. They could find that anywhere else in the world for cheaper, probably. Okay. All right. That's what I was hoping to get out of you guys. Um, I think the I liked one... your I liked your Twitter uh, picture about me and Skyler <laughs> arguing. Over. I want to know what word you searched in the GIF engine to bring that up. Uh, I think I literally just typed in "fight." Yeah, I definitely did, <laughs> which um, which brought in a lot of things I didn't want to see. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, um, I I definitely had a spindle for one week in FMLS and he got hurt like nine minutes in. Actually, I don't even think it was that long. He might've gotten injured in the first minute. And I, that was my one experience with Fabian Espindola this week, this season. But, uh, let's go, let's talk about the games this weekend. We'll actually go to another one of his former teams who's leading off the weekend, uh, Friday night, 11 o'clock Eastern RSL hosting the earthquakes. This seems like it should be all RSL. Uh, are either of you willing to take a San Jose guy um, from this game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> two only two games to play, so you got to kind of at least consider them somewhat. Okay. You could. What do about it. the interesting two game slate? Friday, the Friday game, and then the early Saturday game. What's right. up with that? Yeah, I mean they. Yeah, it's the. That one in Portland and L.A., which is a 12.30 local start for those guys, which is another weird one. Um, but, yeah, so that's the two-game slate, and then DraftKings did a, a Saturday night slate, which has uh, six games. And then they also have a late Saturday slate uh, of the two latest ones, which are only, as I was saying to J.D. before, the the late slate on DraftKings starts 90 minutes after the regular slate, which doesn't seem like that much time. But anyway, who do you like from the Earthquakes? I think I'm going to target some of their wingers because uh, Real Salt Lake's not that great defensively. They allow a decent amount of crosses. Um, and I just think that's San Jose's game. Um Real Salt Lake has some center backs. I think you get exposed by Wando, by some hard work from Quincy Ameriqua. So I, I kind of like how San Jose is set up for this one. I know they're on the road, but I don't think they're terrible. Yeah, shout out to uh, JD on last week's podcast. I don't think you really were hyping him up, so to speak, but you threw his name out there. Cordell Cato um from the quakes actually ended up being a really solid value play that i was able to squeeze into my lineups last weekend and worked out i mean it was uh he had an assist he's playing as a so he's listed as a midfielder on DraftKings, 3700 bucks and uh, he's actually playing as a wing back now over mm-hmm. the past i think two or three games for the quakes um 
putting in some crosses. I'm not sure. It doesn't show his cross total. Uh, if you're looking at his game log in this slate, it doesn't show his cross total from last weekend. But I think he hit close to seven or eight again, yeah, which would be two well, games in a row that he's had that. I'll look it up here in Rotowire's new uh, MLS player game Ooh. logs. Oh, nice. There we go. He had, he had five crosses, uh, four okay. tackles, four interceptions, and assists. Right. Yeah, so he ended up with like 14 points. Um, thank you very much, JD. That was the value play I needed on a uh, otherwise pretty miserable day. So that actually saved my bacon on, on in quite a few contests. So I thought I'll you were going to say I thought you were going to say good call on trying to calm the hype on uh, Real Salt Lake's offense. You're in Sissian. I believe I I mentioned how they really weren't finishing their chances that well, and they got shut out by the Revolution. Yeah, it was a, a good shout there, too. I, I wasn't going to call that myself just because the Revs are so bad on, on defense. So bold call there. I don't think Mavsissian ended up hurting too many people, though. He still ended up all right. He had like nine points, maybe. How many games uh, in a row does Cato have to do well for you to start calling him the San Jose Jimmy Madronda? <laughs> maybe I mean, three or four. I mean, the game logs are pretty similar in terms of the decent number of crosses i mean three and four tackles is pretty good madronda i think had that one he had a double digit tackle game which is pretty nuts to see these days but yeah madronda just came out like i mean he he was getting 15 points without the assists and yeah. i think cato's 14 includes that assist so he's not quite on madronda's level just yet but we'll see how <laughs> he performs this game okay we'll have to figure out a better nickname for him um, that's oh done Wait, someone's been thinking about that isn't that what oj called his buddy Kato? <laughs> yes Kato kalen you're old enough to remember that you probably saw the 30 for 30 well there's been so many oj things yeah. lately that yeah. yeah it's hard to escape um with um quintero and godoy not suspended now do either of those guys change your opinion of the whole team not necessarily those guys but like to those does... if good if godoy was out i think that would change my opinion of real salt lake's attack okay i think that's the big takeaway from those two red cards getting rescinded i mean godoy is one of the unheralded defensive players in the league he's mm -hmm. extremely good him and fatai Lache combined to form a a really really tough uh central midfield so that that's big and i think quintero is a guy that you have to consider too on the wing if that's going to change your uh, opinion of the Real Salt Lake, or the San Jose attack, rather. He had six crosses, or I guess this was two games ago, but he six crosses, seven fouls drawn. So, I mean, he's still playing well since Copa America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, he seemed to like take a, take a step up during Copa. And definitely he looked is, like, pretty translated. good in Copa, yeah. yeah. He had a quiet game last game, but that's also because he only played 53 minutes. Mm. Uh, are you biting on Javier Morales? Skyler pulled him in for FMLS last week, I think. Yeah, he bit me with a four-pointer. <laughs> Man, so many other, so many regrets on that wild card week. We, uh, that's a whole nother. I think all discussion. three of us have a lot of regrets from the the free wild card and who for we sure. picked. What a waste! Yep. Yeah. But no, this yeah. first game will be a, a good one, and I think there's going to be more goals here than there's going to be in this next game we'll talk about. Yeah, I like Morales on a two-game slate. I would play him. I'd probably rather go MPG if he starts. Even though he'll play 
60 minutes? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, only just kind of kidding about that. Like it, it, uh, his, his last three games, 61, 64, 29. And I, I don't know what he played in his last one since they haven't updated them yet, but that's pretty, pretty, uh, he didn't low. play at all last one. Oh, even better. So he's rested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and of the RSL forwards, do you have? Do you still prefer Burrito? Is Plata starting to ease up? It seems like Mavsisian. You're still not convinced. Yeah, I'm still on Mavsisian over here. I don't know about JD. I would probably go Burrito. Uh, I, he's the cheapest of all of them, and yeah. he has the highest floor. It's not a high floor, though. Is the problem like? <laughs> it's. I mean. Burritos? I mean, yeah. it's higher than Plata and Mavsissians. Is it higher than Plata's? I feel like, I mean... I don't know if you can say that now. I yeah. mean, it seems like it was at one point, but even Mavsissian's floor is like almost 10 right now with just with shots and fouls drawn and the couple of crosses he's swinging in. Yeah, it's not set in stone. I guess you could definitely make an argument, but I'm just thinking like a, a standard floor where you're getting all the peripherals outside of the shooting and scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't know. I mean, Burrito, when I watch, he, like, clowns the most people. He's the most impressive outside of when Jao Plata is, like, fully fit and in form, yeah. which could happen at any moment. When he's actually Jao Plata. Right. So it's – I'm going to have to see it first with Plata. Until then, I'm probably leaning Burrito. And it, it's not that he's far and away better than Movsisian. It's that so many people use Movsisian, yeah. and that just makes a ton of people's lineups fragile because it's – Goal-dependent. That's fair. Um, all right, let's jump to this next game, Portland hosting the Galaxy, which is Saturday at 3.30 Eastern. The Galaxy, we talked about this earlier today, S- Steven Gerrard is unlikely to play, and um, Ashley Cole is also unlikely to play. No way. Which means <laughs> Dave Romney is probably going to keep his spot. I did notice that Romney is a solid $12 million on play the six for anybody who thought they'd get a value <laughs> out of that one. Um, it but, was like $3 million a couple games ago. Yep, yep, nothing. I mean, that's... Uh, They're on their pricing. Yeah. That's right, that's right. The um, Timbers are obviously significantly better with Diego Valeri around. Uh, is that... Do you guys are you guys siding on the timber side on this one because it's in Portland or you actually thought this other somebody said this the other game would be higher scoring than this one? Yeah, I think this one will be pretty tight, maybe zero zero one one draw. But who knows? Fernando Adi really likes to play the Galaxy. I at least feel like he had three goals on him last season. Mm, okay. Yeah, I know one game he subbed on and got a brace in the second half. Yeah, and the Galaxy played last night. We're recording yep. here on a Thursday. They played pretty, uh, pretty uh, starter-heavy team. There was a, I don't know, maybe at least half their lineup of starters against Seattle too. Right? Against the, yeah, against Seattle. So yeah, Dos Santos had to come on and save their bacon. That's right. Sebastian yep. Legit too, I think. Yeah, Legit had a big game. So, uh, yeah, I think I'd I'd probably lean Portland. I'd probably favor them in this one. Mm-hmm. I do agree with JD that I think it'll be a little tighter. Um, but yeah, Valeri's a stud. You, you can't shy away from him even on a two-game slate, even if they're playing the Galaxy. Yeah, I think the 
the reason that they didn't name Valeri to the All-Star game is because they know Nigel DeYoung's back in this one, and he's going to be hurt anyway. <laughs> uh, How be- insane is that? The league's best freaking player does not make the All-Star game. Yeah. This how many, season, how many guys I mean, made the All Star team? It looked like there were like seventy five different te- different players. That <laughs> I think it was twenty eight, twenty four, twenty eight, something like that. I've already kind of forgotten about it, but I'm still mad about Valeri. <laughs> He's got to find his way into the team somehow, right? You know, a guy will get injured, and then oh yeah, Valeri's... and Audi, Audi should be in too. Yeah. Hmm. I agree. I agree, but uh. That seems like a lot of people for one team. Well, they switched the entire roster for the second half. Yeah, literally the like all eleven, I guess. Okay. Um, so, are there are there any guys from the Galaxy? Like, do you, are you willing to pay up for Keen, or is it just kind of staying away from him given the recent play and how Portland's doing? I think it depends how you build your team. If you can find a value play that you can get Robbie Keane in, yeah, I'm all for it. Because if I have to pick one forward and, like, Skyler and I have liked to use the term uh, betting JD's car lately for some reason. (laughs) But if I had to bet my car that one forward was going to score, it would still be Robbie Keane this weekend. Yeah. I'm not this weekend. This This two-game slate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Robbie Keane's just head and shoulders one of the best forwards in the league. And on this slate... He's probably definitely the best. Okay. All right. Skyler, but anybody? I'm not. I don't need to have him. Let's put it right, that way. Right. Right. there anyone else from from LA that you'd consider? Probably not. I think you already mentioned Dave Romney. I would. I would definitely consider him at uh, 2,500 again, just because he's just one of those lineup fillers. Yeah. If he gets you one or two points, like so be it. It's not going to kill your lineup because you're not really expecting a whole lot more than that anyway. But he's actually been providing you know, yeah. six, seven, eight points. So that's just bonus right there. So, yeah, I'd play him on a two-game slate. And uh, I would probably shy away from Keane again just if I'm fitting Valerian and if I'm going with Morales. Like that's an expensive midfield. I'm going to have to have a guy like, Moff Sissian or Plata in there for my forward spot, a few, few thousand dollars less than Keen. Right. But, yeah, I mean, Keen's, Keen is Keen. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up with a hat trick or something. <laughs> I, mean, I, I probably would this game, but he's still Robbie Keen, so. Sure. You can definitely fit him, yeah. I mean, I think I I just filled in quick here. Ramondo, Dave Romney, DeMar Phillips, and then I can go Valeri, Quintero, Robbie Keane, uh, Burrito, and then I can fit in Zardis or MPG or Legit. Yeah. It's not bad. And we, we should mention Where's Lucas Cordell Mo- Cato? <laughs> oh, if I put him in, I can probably yeah, fill you're off. Done. Oh, he's a midfielder. Yeah, never mind. He is that Madronda curse. <laughs> but uh, we should mention Lucas Milano probably had his best game as a timber last weekend. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, so if he keeps playing like that, like the amount of money they paid for him, then he's worth worth looking at. Okay, I like that. Uh, let's move on to the so the main slate, at least that DraftKings is doing, is six games. Four of them are at seven thirty, Eastern. We have 
that's going to be sweet, actually. We haven't yeah. had a slate like that in a while. Yeah, it'll be really, you basically, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, we have New England hosting Chicago, Philadelphia at Montreal, DC United at Toronto, so we can get all fired up about Javinko again. Orlando at Columbus uh, are the early games, and then the later ones. There's also a two-game slate for these two late games, which kick off at 9 and 9.30, respectively. Dallas at Colorado and Vancouver at Houston. Um, Man, this first set of four games is like an Eastern Conference pile of garbage. <laughs> um, it's all the worst teams. But they're playing, but you want, I mean, they're all one-sided, although you can make the case that Philadelphia at Montreal should be tighter than, although uh, you're still yeah. not a Philadelphia believer. Well, that game might be okay, but uh, New England-Chicago is a game I'm definitely not, not interested in watching. <laughs> Toronto-DC is a game I'm not interested in watching. And Columbus-Orlando, uh, they're trying to be a rivalry, so I, I guess it's intriguing. It's Christ's first game. So it's not actually. Oh, he's not. He's not be taking. Coaching o- yet? No, he's not coaching this one. Monday's his first day. I read <laughs> That's that today. really strange. That they hired a coach. <laughs> yeah, I thought he's, so too. And he's not going to coach. He's just going to watch this one. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that because you guys uh, know this league a lot better than I do. Um, what is your opinion on Jason Christ and whether this changes any of the guys on Orlando? You know their fantasy prospects. Few people hit, have more respect and have done less for the past two years in uh, Major League <laughs> Soccer. Um, However, I think he still has the capabilities to be a good coach. I just don't know what's going to happen this year because I don't think, even if Christ is a, an a, above-average coach, I don't think he's going to be able to turn Orlando around in time. I don't think they have the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the first thing he's going to do is shore up the defense. When he was in Salt Lake and they had uh, their best seasons, I mean, it came on the back of a stellar defense. So I, I think he's going to shake up the back line a little bit and figure the, the offense out afterwards. As somebody who watched a number of New York City FC games last year, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think there's any way you could look at what he did for that team to figure out what, he's, what he can do with Orlando. Like, the, the team was such a mess. That wasn't a normal team. That's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the, it wasn't a normal situation. Right. Um, and then he got canned so quickly. Um, I felt bad for him. Yeah, I felt bad for him until they started doing so well this year. <laughs> now I'm not so sure I feel bad anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah, does it change your opinion of any of Kevin Molino? Or, I mean, we already were fairly high on Kaká whenever he was fit, which – has really been an issue this year, but like, does Kyle Laren get a bump or is it just the opposite? Uh, is this like focus on defense going to hurt those guys? Yeah. That was my first. Yeah. Good. I just, my first thought was that I think it's going to help Laren uh, a lot, but just the type of player that Christ was, I mean, I'm not saying like his coaching game is going to translate into, you know, just being a pure like strikers coach, but I just, I feel like his experience in the league, for a young player like Laren is going to go a long way. So Laren's already got the skill set. He's already scoring goals, and I just think this is going to help him even more. Um, you know, for for this season and just on down the road, I think it's going to be huge for him. And yeah, I think it trickles down to guys like Molino, and not really sure what Rivas's role is right now, but it could uh, could help a guy like Rivas out. And I think we're going to start seeing Breck Shea 
I know he's already playing more advanced, but I think that Christ is going to, you know, really exploit some of his attacking ability more so than, than we've seen recently. I know we've all been hoping for it from a fantasy standpoint. It just hasn't come, but um, I think Christ is going to definitely uh, shore up the defense, number one. But, yeah, I think he's he's uh, got that attacking flair, too, to help in Orlando. Okay. Um, for this whole slate, if you're going to play Javinko, if you're ever going to play him in a season, it's, it's going to be home against D.C. United. So if he takes against up... Against Bill Hamid? <laughs> All right. That's what we said against Chicago Fire a couple that's, of few games. That's a great point. Too. Great point. It's not happening right now. Um, while, while we're talking about my great calls, how about Mario Diaz uh, must play over Javinko last week? Mm-hmm. Yep. That was... That was a good one. Um, the juicy Giovinco's, might be back this week, and that changes G- everything. <laughs> yeah, but Giovinco still outscored him somehow. <laughs> I don't know if you, if uh, you caught that, but he still ended up with eight, 18 points. I think Diaz was at 17 and some change. So Yeah, well, it's nice when you're up two men for uh, like 40 minutes. <laughs> the the Javinko thing, because I want to talk about this, uh, We everybody always makes this big deal about making value. And that, like, if you have a cheap guy, you know, and he gets to his eight points, like, that makes value. The problem is, is that you don't you don't win based on points per dollar. Like, it's it's points that you're getting. So, like, you still need the Javinko points, the 15 to 20 to, you know, he can go yeah, up to whatever. Yeah, I look at it really skewed because if I'm playing a cheap guy, I want them to get, like, three or four times value. Right. And if I'm playing Javinko, I'm happy with two times. Right. And I think people kind of underestimate that you still need those points from him. Like, right. even though you're pay- paying so much, you still need to get 20 points from somebody. Yeah, the guaranteed points you get when you play Javinko is awesome. Right. Like, there's no denying it. I'll take the points in the bag if I have to pay that much, and then I will trust myself to come up with better cheap plays that can get three or four or more times their value. Mm-hmm. Because the pricing in on DraftKings MLS, I mean, it's intentionally kind of not sharp, so that players feel like they're uh, like finding smart values, making smart picks. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's supposed to be there for that. And uh, if you can identify them, that's how you win. It's not like these expensive players; you don't have to worry about making three times value or whatever. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly the point that. Uh, and also the reason why I struggle with Kai Kamara so much because the Javinko shots and crosses will get me to 15, but Kamara can easily go two and that's it. Like the the Javinko 15 point floor is like you're paying for safety at that point, right? Um, with the explosive upside. So which we haven't really seen that much this year. No, Imagine if he had uh, a couple more like games with a goal, it'd right. be crazy, right? Um, so speaking, so if we have Javinko in our lineups this week, uh, for this slate, I mean, there are some very big forwards that are also here. We've got the aforementioned Kai Kamara. We've got Ola Kamara, uh, Drogba, um, you know, on the left, but we have Laren on the lesser scale. We've got Sapong, Akam. Uh, David Akam. Yep. Um, Gashi. Uh, I think is Giles Barnes a midfielder now? I, I feel like it changes every. Yeah, he's a midfielder now. But um, so who are the 
who are the forwards that you guys think that you'll consider next to Javinko if you play Javinko? I know Skyler is, so Skyler, who, what other forwards are you looking at? I uh, really love Kai this weekend. I mm-hmm. uh, know he's right there, I guess, up underneath Javinko's second highest price, so um, not sure, you know. Again, you'll have to get creative to get both those guys in, but it's doable. Um, but I I like the matchup for Kamara, um, and I like Ola Kamara a lot too. I think um, Orlando coming in, still a little bit kind of disoriented just with all the coaching stuff going on. Like I could see uh, the crew putting up some goals in this one. So I like both Kamaras. Um, we'll probably try to pair them with Giovinco. Hmm. Doing that takes you out of the Mauro Diaz, Lee Wynn, Piotti market, probably. Right, and I'd, maybe I should rephrase that. I'm not saying, like, I'm if I'm playing, like, Giovinco and Kai Kamara, I'm probably not going to have all three of those, so it's right. not going to be, like, Giovinco, Kai, and Ola. Um, but I think you could probably swing, like, a Giovinco, uh, Ola, Kamara, and then, uh, you know, high-end midfielder with those Mm -hmm. and um jd maro diaz hit ten thousand. he's on the road at colorado are you paying for that uh i might have him in some places but he's definitely not a must play this week yeah i think if you play kai kamara you have to really consider lee win for 1600 less i think um ignacio piotti for 8100 is going to be a pretty good value and then you have to look at maybe bolaños down 7,100, so you have to really weigh the the value here. I don't think this is a great week for the top-end midfielders. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there probably are going to be a lot of people paying up for Javinko and a Kai Kamara, or Javinko and a David Akam. Ola is obviously a super popular pick. Um, So yeah, going expensive midfield might be a differential type of play this weekend, but that's for a reason. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I just noticed Gashi is a midfielder now. I think he's been a forward up until this point. Well, I think he was a midfielder until Euros, and then I don't know if they moved him for Euros, or he definitely was a forward last week. Right. But Hmm. earlier in the season, I'm almost positive he was a midfielder for almost the whole first couple months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, Yeah, I like him as at 7,600. I like him as a midfielder this week. Yeah, I mean... Anybody against FC Dallas kind of makes me pause because I just think that they have the capability to dominate a game. Not mm-hmm. that they always do, but uh, it's a little risky. I do like Gashi, though. It's in Colorado, which should help alleviate yeah, some of that, right? definitely. Lloyd Sam's still absurdly cheap at 4400 And did he finish, was it 12 crosses that he had last week? Yeah, yeah he, he was ended a, up with like 18 points or something yeah. crazy. He was a man possessed. And it sucks because I mean, how are you gonna? It's his first game with his new team. Like who? It was a value play for sure, but you can't. Like I didn't know was he gonna play sixty minutes and get pulled, or was he gonna be the go-to guy? I mm-hmm. mean, it's it, you can't predict that kind of thing. So it was kind of just going out on a whim based off his price, which. I had a ton of Lloyd Sam, yeah, but I, this tall. week I think he might be a trap. Oh, okay. Toronto's pretty good defensively especially so um 
I don't think you can just blindly say, oh, Lloyd Sam, he had a great last week, and now we're going to plug him back in again. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different type of matchup. So I'm definitely going to have a, a fair amount of Lloyd Sam just because he's so cheap. But I wouldn't completely rely on him. Like, if you're thinking about going 100% exposure, I I would not. Here's kind of a interesting tidbit, too, is that, you know, with the, I don't know what is going on with some of the DraftKings uh, game logs not logging the, the previous game. So Sam's, his previous game so it shows, like, yeah. 0, 4, 4, 7, so... If you're thinking about guys that are playing him based on his recent, you know, 18-point outing, then several of the guys that play guys just based on their game logs aren't going to see that. Mm-hmm. So I think Andrew and DraftKings made a deal where they just shut down their player logs so everybody has to go to Rotowire. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they are sweet though. I mean, oh, they're very you sweet. You can uh, you can now filter during a time period and get the average and their home and away splits during the the period of time you select. Yeah, you can definitely uh, spend many an hour just zoning out on stats if that's your thing. Yeah, big big moves uh, on the site here, and congratulations, Andrew. Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah I'm, glad, stuff. Uh, I'm glad you guys find it useful. That was kind of the, the point. We didn't want to just throw them up there and have them not be anything that people would use. But, yeah, I'll note that the game logs, I think you can see the – last three or four games if you're not a subscriber and then subscribers um get everything so um another plug to subscribe to the site uh, we've got a lot of good stuff going up but um getting back to um to this slate um we you mentioned that we may see josie it sounds like he's not going to start but it's weird to me that there's so much love for Javinko, and it's so difficult to find value from anyone else in Toronto. But even if Josie started, is, are you really going to plug him into your lineup? No, definitely not. <laughs> not I mean, if you think Kai Kamara's floor is low, and like Bradley Wright Phillips's floor is yeah. painfully low, I mean, try starting Josie. Holy cow! Yeah. He actually might be if, under zero. If um, I'm Didn't curious. Yeah, red card from the bench. Red card from the yeah. bench. <laughs> when uh, when he got that last year, do we know if he got negative DraftKings points? I don't know. I, I would assume so. Can you get negative points if you didn't play a single minute? Well, I think you. I mean, the minutes Josie aren't. Josie can. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the minutes aren't positive. It's points. probably still in his game logs. Uh, is it late enough in the season? Ah, uh, maybe not. Dismissed, yeah. Damn. It was like last August, if I recall correctly. Yeah. It, um... Oh, well. But, yeah, I mean, Josie, you're you're praying for a goal. And yeah. uh, 5,900 is, is a lot for your kind of dart throw for a goal. Like, yeah. there's cheaper forwards that you can plug in there. For sure. I mean, Michael Berrios is $100 cheaper. That's crazy. What about the goal machine from TFC lately, Justin Morrow? <laughs> Defender. Yeah. Fifty one hundred bucks. Teal Bunbury Anybody? again is uh he's five thousand and he's been playing well recently, so I'll plug him again. Especially if you go Kai Kamara. They're playing Chicago, so could be a good stack. Even after they just shut down Javinko? <laughs> shut yeah, down even Ish. after they just shut down Javinko. Okay. Okay. And all all ten shots that they took. <laughs> 
But speaking of Chicago, Michael DeLeo is uh, only 3,000 still. Yeah. I think it, that one looks like a non-game log updating price. Um, <laughs> like the algorithm hasn't pulled in the latest games, and so that's why he's still so cheap. Um, are there any forwards you guys are interested in? I mean, excuse me, any defenders you guys are interested in? Are you willing to pay up for Tierney? I, we, uh, JD, you and I talked about this because we both went with Tierney last week and he ended up sitting. But home against Chicago, that's that should be a good one, right? Yeah, that's a, um, it's a good situation, but the price is crazy. Yeah, uh, it's so mean, expensive. You're basically picking Chris Tierney or a top shelf midfielder. Yeah. If you're if you're going two big forwards, I don't know if it's can't. quite that high. I mean, he's not. He's not in the. He's Bologna, like Gashi, Gashi. No, no, it's not he's that close. Sixty-seven hundred. Yeah. And uh, Gashi seventy-two. Yeah. Bolaños is sixty-seven. No, Gashi seventy-six. Oh yeah, Bolaños is seventy-four. Yeah. Yeah, four hundred bucks yeah, less mean, than Bolaños, I guess is. Yeah, but I'm saying if you go with like a regular defender for four thousand yep. versus a regular kind of midfielder, that's about the same savings. Mm-hmm. So, I'm probably going to shy away unless I can really find a lineup construction that I, just fits him. But we already kind of talked about how you want to maybe get two big forwards this weekend, right. and I still want to try and get a a top midfielder. So Diaz is kind or Tierney's kind of down my priority list, especially with. Just a lot of other teams playing, you can usually find a good fullback value. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Rodrigo Ramos in the same game is appealing for 1200 less. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison Offal's in play, and he's been playing better recently. He's been really Oyongo, expensive too, though. Yeah, Oyongo's in play. They're almost oh, yeah. as expensive, but that's still just a, a big difference, the 1200 or whatever. Yeah. Iyango had a monster 18 cross yeah. game on Sunday. That's huge. He was taking corners. Yep. Which is yeah, a I first guess. for him. Yep. I I would probably, I know I mentioned him uh, kind of chuckling earlier, Justin Morrow. I'd probably throw him in a lineup or two just to see if he keeps his hot streak going. Mm-hmm. He's got three goals in his last four starts. And he's not, uh, he's not like taking a ton of shots but it just seems like he's getting into the box and finding himself in the right spot at the right time so um i don't know i'm not saying he's like a cash game player or anything like that but when a defender's scoring goals you got to kind of take notice so Mm -hmm. and steve betashore is only four thousand as well in that same defense and he's had arguably a a more consistent season so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep a little cheaper yeah, I mean, D.C. United's attack, I think, is nothing to fear. Uh, I doubt Mullins is going to start. so. Right. Now okay. They don't have a spindle. That's right. <laughs> that probably makes them better. Walked right into that one, yeah. <laughs> um, anybody considering Kaká, who's supposed to be back? What's the price out, let's see. It's not cheap. I'm Ooh. probably not. <laughs> It's yeah, astonishingly probably. high, actually. Because you don't know if he's going to play the full 90. I mean, yep. it's a good matchup for him. I mean, sure I think is. he could probably do some do some things against Columbus, even though they do have uh, – they've got a pretty stealth, you know, center midfield, Will Trap and uh, – Johnny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Johnny. So, that's, uh, yeah, it's, that's probably one to stay away from, not knowing kind of – 
his status completely. Right. And uh, for about, I was gonna say, how about Marcel De Jong in defenders? He played uh, midweek, I think, in the Crystal Palace yep. scrimmage or friendly for mm-hmm. Vancouver. And if they trust him to go in and play defense, he gets upfield and creates a lot of chances. Yeah. So I think he'd be when he finally starts, he's worth looking at. The problem is he plays in the very latest game. Yeah. So um, unless you're thinking maybe that you're going to trust Abdulli Mansali to be like a pivot <laughs> for three thousand, uh, I'm trying to see if anybody else in here is a pivoted. You got I guess the you could also. Fifteen-year-old Alfonso Davies yeah. down there at the bottom. <laughs> On defense. Yeah, he's a defender on DraftKings. Wow, if he plays, I'm in. He actually <laughs> yeah, he was start, pretty impressive he, last week. Yeah. For a 15-year-old, definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, That's but crazy. especially, he basically looked like Poku. <laughs> <laughs> That's cr- He's rangy. I mean, that kid's obviously, it's not going out of limb to say he's going to be good. But if you can, watch him. If he get, If you see he subs on... Flip MLS Live over and check it out. 15. I mean, almost 16, but yeah. Oh, okay. That's fine then. I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> don't want to downplay the right. kid. You sound like my own kid. It was like, I'm almost six. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, Houston-Vancouver game. Does anybody jump out? Yeah, David Usted. Even on the road? Yeah, it's Houston. Yeah. Have we forgotten who Houston's forward is? I'm just saying, you got a Canadian team. It could be 106 for all we know in Houston. I, I honestly thought that Usid was the nuts last weekend as far as goalkeepers go, and Orlando City came to Vancouver and just yeah. Whooped I mean, they were taking it, yeah. Take, yeah, taking it to them. Anybody that watched that game, I mean, Orlando City came out to play, and I felt like a moron for taking Usted in pretty much 100% of my lineup. So. <laughs> I, I took a lot of Usted. I think I also – I think Hamid was 3,700 and Bono was uh, 3,500. So I was about split between them pretty evenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had enough of Usted that I was pretty disappointed. I mean, that's maybe enough for me to, to think that Houston might be able to put something up against Vancouver. Yeah, they sure could, but I, in terms of matchups, that's a really appealing one. Um, maybe Steve Clark for it's tough to trust Columbus's defense. But sure is. I guess I guess he's one. Um, Toronto, but Bono finally had had his price adjusted. Yes, I like Howard's price, forty six hundred. Yeah, I'm not going to touch Tim Howard against FC Dallas. <laughs> um, do you guys have any thoughts on Mohamed Saeed since he's taking corners for Columbus? Yeah, I'm I'm in. If he fits kind of the roster construction I go with, mm-hmm. he's probably preferable to Lloyd Sam for $400 more. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if I'm I'm in on Saeed just yet i just i like the set piece upside for sure i just it doesn't seem like he offers too much more than that okay so i don't know i think that he's a good player to count on for like eh, six seven points and then maybe he'll 
hit that luck box assist or something off one of the set pieces. So I don't That's know. That's like the same argument you make for Madronda, and he's more expensive. <laughs> Man, I mean, come on, Madronda's piling up the stats. He's not just getting like a couple things here and there. Madronda's like four, four, five. Yeah, six. he's had a seventeen combined in the last two games. What a beast! <laughs> <laughs> so we got uh, we got Mo Saeed with what thirteen, a little bit less. So. Madronda's, we'll get to this, but holy cow, if someone pays 5700 for him, get out of here. <laughs> um, let's do, well, do you guys have anything else more on the Saturday? Skyler, uh, maybe, do you have a late-game late, late hammer that you wanted to uh, give us? Ooh, Skyler's weekly late-game hammer. That's right. I'm interested. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe you guys already know, but I'm interested to, to see if... Uh, well, actually, a spindle is still listed on DC. So even if he does go, he doesn't Vancouver, have his uh, his Canadian work permit yet. So right. I, okay. I don't think he's going to play. I gotcha. Um, maybe Madonna could be a good late game play. Hmm. Blas Perez is out too. So um, whoever starts at forward for Vancouver, I guess uh, Kudo. I was gonna say it has to be Kudo, right? Wow, Kudo is the opposite of what I think of when I think of a hammer. <laughs> Kudo is like a feather, a late game, a late game yeah. feather. Yeah, I don't know. There's too many, too many like heavy guy, like guys that I'm gonna be heavy on in the early games to really count on a late game hammer. So, mm-hmm. honestly, it might be like though, a late game sleeper might be come into yeah. the equation. Honestly, I mean, Kudo's a really good value. He had four shots, and all of them were on goal last week, and he's only 4,500 mm-hmm. playing another not great team. Yep. So as much as I don't think Kudo is very good, which I think Vancouver may agree with considering they just traded for a Spindola too. <laughs> um, yeah, he's definitely in my, my thoughts for this weekend. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Sunday. We've got two games. We have the New York Derby, which is going to be in New Jersey. Red Bulls hosting New York City FC. Do you think there's a, a big problem I hate to interrupt, but do you think there's a big problem that people don't know what to call the rivalry and always just hesitate when they say any of it? Um, no. Still in its infancy. Is there a better rivalry in MLS right now? No, I've said that before, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it... <laughs> that's so we just don't know what to call it? In, well, they have the Hudson River rivalry, the New York City Derby, mm-hmm. the New York Derby. Do you say Derby? Yeah. <laughs> uh, New York is red or New York is blue, mm-hmm. which is kind of played out at this point. <laughs> yeah. And this is like the 10th time they've played in the past month. <laughs> Everybody, somebody, this is the last time they play each other this season. Like Until I, the playoffs. I, yeah, right. But why couldn't it be like one, you know, a couple months ago, one, you know, yeah, they two weeks ago, and then one weeks, towards the end of the yeah. season? Yeah, it was really all in. Were they all this month? Nah, I, I think I just made that up. But no, I'm pretty sure they. It, it actually might be pretty close now that I think about it. It was July 3rd and May 21st. Oh, May 21st. Okay. So not quite. Um, let's let's talk about that one first. Uh, New York City finally got their first win against the Red Bulls in the last game that they played. Um, these games never seem to be low scoring. So who's the guy that you go to first in this one? Is it David Villa and you don't even think about it? 
that's a really hard question. I think it's I hate to say it, but I think it's Sasha Kleshton. Okay, he was the only other th- one that I really considered. Yeah, I think it's I'd at probably... Bull Arena, which is a change from the previous two meetings. Yep. Yeah, I like Kleshton maybe a little bit more. He's cheaper too, so he's probably the first guy that I'll pencil in. They're not a ton of really expensive players on this slate, though. Like you could easily have both. Oh, Question yeah. and Via. So yeah. Frank Lampard is a steal at fifty six hundred. We'll we'll get to Frank Lampard in a, just okay. a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, forget it. We'll go to Frank Lampard right now. Frank Lampard fifty six hundred. Jimmy Madronda fifty seven hundred. <laughs> Are you guys splitting on that one? Uh, I'd probably I think take you know Madronda. what side I'm on. Yeah. Okay. See, the thing with Lampard, though, is his goals are just, that's that's it for him. Like he, And he's, it, I mean, you guys got to admit, the goals have been very generous lately. Definitely, like, but I think in a game like this, there's going to be just enough action. He's going to be buzzing around enough. He's going to get points other ways, too. He did not score against the Red Bulls earlier. Uh, in that was the, like the one time this season he hasn't scored. He had an assist, though. Yeah. <laughs> He has four goals in his last five, and the one game he didn't score was that Red Bulls game where he had an assist. Um, I've always descri- – basically every goal he scores, I describe as a classic Lampard goal. Like, wherever it hits him, it just happens. He's always in the right place at the right time, and oh, the ball always seems to hit him in the right place to go in the goal. And <laughs> I still don't know if I want him at 56 over Madronda. The thing is, Madronda is set up for a good game this weekend. I'll mm-hmm. admit that. Because Seattle sucks. <laughs> if you don't want to pay 56 for Lampard, would you pay 49 for Tommy McNamara? Maybe. If you think, if you want to make a New York City stack, I mean, go with both. Tommy mm-hmm. Max, like, near the league lead in assists. Yeah. Which is astonishing in itself. <laughs> Tom- Tommy Mack is the man. <laughs> Um. So, do you trust uh, BWP as your, let's call it a third? You know, if you if you lock in Via and Kledgedin, and you can, you could probably get another third hot expensive player. Um, is if it BWP? You don't want Madronda, sure, yeah. Uh, you can do it with Madronda. Oh, because then you get uh, Jack Harrison. Yeah, it, I was gonna say Jack Harrison at thirty-five really opens. Speaking up. of. Skyler, uh, I believe you have some poems to write. (laughs) (laughs) A hundred. That's a lot of them. Now, I guess we didn't finalize the deal, so Hmm. it's fortunate. Yeah, maybe we can have a special poetry reading uh, podcast just for you and Ida. (laughs) I'm I'm sure people would love to hear that. Yeah. Do you prefer, actually, speaking of Harrison, do you like Harrison at 35 over Alex Mule at 33? Yes. Yeah. I think I like Verone if he starts. I think I might like Verone more than Harrison for mm-hmm. 400 bucks more. Okay. I probably agree with that. Okay. Oh. It's close, though. Harrison has been awesome. Yeah. Like, maybe not necessarily from a just piling on the DraftKings points, but, like, watching him play in real games, I mean, that kid could be one of the best players in the league in two years. Yeah, it's cool to see him play with Via, too, because I think that's just, I mean, that's obviously you're playing with one of the greatest strikers in, in your, 
out of Europe. And, yeah. You know, he's a, Harrison's a rookie, a kid, and he's playing alongside Via, and they're actually working together. It's fun to see. So The, the uh, difficulty with Harrison is that he's really goal-dependent. Oh, yeah. Um, that was what I was trying to say last time, last podcast. And it, it I mean, it, JD made a good point though, because his, when he scores and yeah, you're getting that 20, 25 point game from a guy that's, that's that cheap. So you're almost saying like, I'm going to risk a two or three point game in the hope that he, you know, springs a goal and, and gives mm-hmm. me 24, 25 points. So. Yeah, it's easier yeah, to I mean, do that I'm, at 3,500 than 5,500. Yeah, I'm just thinking about what's going to win me a tournament, and Roldan is never going to win me a tournament. <laughs> and I was actually feeling kind of good about our bet, our little side bet, when he, I think he ended with like eight eight or nine points. And, I shot uh, you a, a tweet about how Roldan was literally 0% owned in the biggest <laughs> tournament, so that shows you how much people listen to Skylar on the podcast. Uh, I guess. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but... Uh, um, and then Roldan like started playing basically what looked to be center forward, yeah, uh, just like on his own volition or I don't know what the Sounders or they kind of needed a goal. He saw and your he, tweet. He rattled off like three headers from the center of the box in like four minutes. Hmm. I was like, oh my god! Unlike Jimmy Madrone, this who is more until... shots. This is more shots than he's had all season. Oh yeah, yeah. In f- the four minutes after I send this tweet out. I was going to say, unlike Madronda, who waits until after the game to check Twitter to see who's tweeting about him. <laughs> That's I pathetic that. in and of itself. <laughs> I love it that, like, you know. Like, ice bath, dude, or something. No, I think yeah, that's what he's doing it. in Just the ice bath. Envisioning that he's sitting there in the ice bath, you know, liking our <laughs> tweets and tweeting at us. And Skyler likes stuff. all the guys that use their phone, and the, like Michelle's on Tinder after the game. <laughs> Madronda's literally searching his name on Twitter mm-hmm. after a professional soccer match. That's right. He's just trying to interact with his fans. You can't, you can't hate <laughs> on the guy for that. I also like how everybody, Skyler and I guess other people included, when they call me out for being honest on the podcast, since uh, everyone else just has to be nice to the players, I guess, whenever I call a player out, they then include them in the tweet. Just <laughs> so the player can, can see me talking. So they can go on and block you. Yeah, That's right. thanks guys. Appreciate it. Um, Back to the question I started with before we went off the rails here. No, don't play Graham Zussi. Th- oh, God. Three high-priced players. If you have Via and you have Kledgeton, is the next one BWP? Is it Dempsey? Failhaber? Mm. Dwyer? I like Failhaber. Um, he's been playing really well. But it might be... I don't know. Zussi back seems to... Or possibly back. Like, if he yeah, plays, if, that kind of screws up Failhaber, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, if Zussi plays, and it definitely takes away some from Failhaber, and that's actually kind of the same uh, problem that I have with even shits because he had a huge game last game with Dempsey out, but Dempsey's yeah. going to be back this game. Um, even shits had, like, 18 crosses or something. Mm-hmm. He had a huge a game, lot. yeah. He had ended up with almost 30 points, I think. And uh, But when Dempsey was... In, I guess when he returned from Copa yeah. America, he, when Dempsey came back from Copa, he started taking all the set pieces, yep. corner kicks, which was, I don't think he was taking them before he left. So um, it'd be interesting to see, but that's that's my hesitation on either of those guys, I guess, just yep. not yeah. knowing how that's going to play out. So, so here's the wrinkle. I probably would prefer Dempsey a little bit more than BWP. Um 
And I think Kansas City guys are a little bit of a take second spot there because Kansas City, you just never know what you're going to get week in, week, week out. I know they're at home and the Sounders are bad, but Dempsey kind of just intrigues me coming back from Copa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked kind of a little frisky, then he got the red card. So it, when Dempsey's in a period of turbulence, that's when I kind of want to play him the most. Yeah, and he'll get you more points. Instead than... of being like a lull, yeah. Right, and if BWP doesn't doesn't do anything, then he's probably hitting two or three. Dempsey doesn't do anything; he's probably at least you know eight or nine something like yeah, that. Yeah, Dempsey's so. capable of a two or three as well. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> Here's my wrinkle: if you prefer Dempsey as your other high-priced option, you still have to find a second forward, which is tough. That well, I, I was going to go the other way actually. That if you go with Kledgston and Harrison. And you want to get on the Madronda train, you're out of spots for Dempsey. Yeah. So you're basically looking at Via and BWP or Dwyer yes, or if Zussi comes back, then I think he's your second forward. Especially in cash. Ugh. <laughs> it's not Dude, that let's bad, not sleep it? on Dwyer either. I mean, he's a goal scorer. Yeah. But no, Zussi's not that bad, especially in cash. Yeah, sure. Let me try something here. If we play BWP via Dempsey... Oh, it's because I don't have Kleshton. I have Lampard instead of Kleshton. That's what's messing up my pricing. Hmm. Yeah, because if you don't want to play Kleshton and you would rather go with BWP and take your Red Bulls chances there, then you could probably fit... Dempsey BWP via Lampard. Do you think we'll be having a conversation next week about how we should have seen Mike Grella was the pick all along? That's happened so many times. Especially against New York City. Yes. I like Grella this week. I think he could be a good sneaky player. It's just tough because Verone, I mean, I guess Mule and Verone have kind of proven that they're going to sub on for each other. Yeah, it's those two, yep. But it's still kind of tough to... If you play Grella, he might not play 90. Yeah, I'm a little more... I'm more convinced that he'll go 90 than BWP or uh, Verone Mule, whoever. That's true, yeah. Hmm. So, does Zuzi change your opinion of Dwyer? If anything, it helps Dwyer, I okay. think. And do you think it hurts Failhaber? Just a little bit. Yeah. They don't, Zussi and Failhaber don't really combine a lot for goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the main thing is that they would cannibalize their set piece opportunities from each other. Zussi would probably share some, and and Failhaber would probably take some. So, Um, Brad Davis is pretty good when he plays. Yeah, Davis will definitely take some if he plays. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like Zussi. on that Sunday slate, just if you're going BWP or Via, then I like him as a second forward if he goes. It seems like this slate, I know it's smaller, but it has the opposite of the Saturday one. They, there are enough midfield options on this one that you can play around pretty significantly, but Saturday is the forward slate, really. Yeah, this one's kind of fun. It would be more interesting maybe if it had a couple uh, like big-time defender options. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, what was up with uh, Mo- was Moderata suspended last weekend? He or? has a high ankle sprain, I believe. Huh. Oh, okay. Lovely. Yeah. All right. Uh, those are the slates. You guys have any uh, FMLS thoughts heading into the weekend? Rough, rough week last week. So we'll see what happens this week. Mm. Yeah, one, one day I'll get a thoughts. captain, right? I'm struggling with trying to decide if I'm gonna stick with Drogba or uh, downgrade and go to Ola Kamara, which I'm not sure if it's a downgrade at this point. Ola's actually uh, he's been a lot better. Taken to yeah, he's taken to Twitter and boasting about how he's been making himself. Oh, that's right. I saw his captain on his MLS fantasy team. So mm-hmm. he's he's got a little extra motivation these days. <laughs> Playing fantasy. I've got Keen in there now, who I think I'm going to toss. I was going to toss for Kai Kamara. And if Kai Kamara doesn't score this week, he's going to be added to the Lee Win All Stars of guys I'm just never going to have any <laughs> ever again. Just convenient that they're teammates. But the Gerard injury. Ah. Uh, that's burning me. It's a bummer. I didn't have him, so. Yeah. You guys care to share your captain's picks? I haven't looked at uh, FMLS, to be honest, yet. I'm, I guess I need to reconsider just my, my salary allotment because Bolaños uh, didn't really work out, and now yeah. with the Spindola there, I'm a little bit nervous about how Bolaños is going to be moving forward. I never really wanted Drogba in the first place, but I was I was kind of just scared that everybody was going to have him, so mm-hmm. I went with him. Uh, yeah, I, I need to shuffle some things around, I guess. That's how I ended up with Keen. I thought everybody would go Drogba, so I went Keen. He got a penalty. It was all set. Missed. Missed. You captained Keen. I did captain him. Uh. Two points from the last two weeks of captains. But I think everybody's going to be on Javinka this week yep. to captain yeah. That's, I'm, I was Giovinco last week. I'm going to stick with him again this week. I'm probably gonna, just going to stick with him until he breaks out of his phone. Mm-hmm. That's just how, how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully people go Valeri this week. Who I don't think that would be a bad call, but maybe it would, I, maybe Valeri's a better call than Javinko at this rate. Who knows? It's tough. Yeah. It'd be another fun one. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, before we end the show here, I have to make good on the the first of my three uh, poems for Luis. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I haven't done a read-through yet. I just wrote it on the fly, so we'll, we'll see Even how better. it goes. Uh, this, Luis gave me my three favorite players, so the first one is on our good, dear friend, Sebastian Latou. <clears throat> oh, Sebastian Latou. I thought you and I were through. Then I made a bet that I've come to regret, and now I must write about you. (laughs) Skyler sometimes says you're a good play, and I see through his tricks, I say nay. (laughs) Deceiving listeners ain't funny, just so you can take all their money. (laughs) Playing against the two lineups is like a free buffet. You do have the most goals in U.S. Open Cup history, but why the Union still play you is just a big mystery. You still have the passion, but now you're like the 10th best Sebastian. And watching you makes my, watching you makes my eyes blistery. Getting Philadelphia to like the French does take skill, but you're old and you're over the hill. 
you haven't aged like French wine, you're on no rosters of mine, but you might be on some of Skylar's still. <laughs> I haven't even mentioned how slow you run. It's like you're weighed down by a metric ton. Though your legs are churning, the ball at your feet is concerning. Breakaways, you're caught on every one. <laughs> hey, seriously though, you should be in the Union Hall of Fame. The first time they traded you was extremely lame. You're the best that they've had, and yeah, that's pretty sad, but seeing your downfall has been a true shame. <laughs> a returning Maurice Adu should bid you adieu, and you can go back to France with Pepe Le Pew. I don't care what you think, now you just downright stink. Let me finish with a little haiku. Sebastian Latou, the tortoise doesn't always win the race. Give up. Oh man, that is I astonishing hope... work. Wow. I I was That's afraid that it, I didn't want it to be too short because then Luis would feel like I I was copping out. So yeah, I I don't well think done. I'm gonna quit my day job though. That was that was really really well done. Wow. I like I'm, it. Glad you guys liked it. I did like that I got to shout out to the Sebastian rankings. Which is probably, <laughs> yeah, sorry the, for the interruption there. That's that's the crown jewel of our podcast accomplishments, I think. So yeah, Sebastian I'm sure that's rankings. what uh, that's what got us nominated. That's what for we're that known award. for. Yeah, that's why people come back. <laughs> All right, sorry to waste you guys' time. I know that that Trump's about to speak. So. That was hardly a waste of time. That was excellent. <laughs> that was fun. I'll be on with my rolled on speech next next uh, pod. <laughs> The bar is quite high. It is. Quite high. Wow. That's, uh, I'm excited about that. All right, guys. Thank you very much, and uh, <laughs> good luck this weekend. Good luck, guys. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com